everyone. Welcome to the Project Esports Podcast. My name yeah, is hey Andrew everyone. Um, I'm Dylan Beal. Um, here's, me, I would say always, Dylan but uh, I would say probably 80% of the time at this point. Of, uh, um, but yeah, so the I'm the today. esports jack of all trades kind of guy. So we'll jump into this shorter episode today. Yeah, no, and I'm glad to have you. I'm glad we got one of us in. Um, but yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so everyone's got stuff going on. I'm sure uh, James has got some kind of plans going on tonight. But yeah, I wanted to still make sure to get these episodes in. Um, even though it's going to be a little shorter, we only have a couple small talking points. But we want to make sure that we get something out weekly for you guys. At least kind of think about and talk about. But um, yeah, the first topic we kind of want to talk about. This actually just happened, I think, this morning it might have broke. Or last uh, last night. But the Golden Guardians from the NALCS fired their head coach for inappropriate remarks towards an empl- employee female. Um, an em- employee female. <laughs> a ride employee that was a female. Um, you have to kind of include that because that just kind of gives away the background behind it. Um, I guess we've kind of touched on this a bunch, Dylan, kind of this culture in esports. And we've talked about a couple kind of solutions, but it's just kind of shitty to see that this is still happening. And that especially on yeah, a large, uh, do you know if the statement was a it was a public statement? Like, did it happen on like Twitter or something, NALCS or was this just kind of like a, someone role. heard it happen so kind of in person between two people? Outside of the you players, know? that even coaches are being affected by this, don't you think? Um, so the article I was kind of looking at, I mean, I guess I can pull it back up, um, is that in a media appearance, I believe, um, uh, on Friday after inappropriate, um, took part of an interview with Riot Games that played during the NA, um, LCS live stream, more than a few, he made a comment, which what yeah. this team and Riot deemed unsuitable. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad this kind of stuff so is happening. Um, I think it sets right a good precedent to or something like that. He probably stop just it made a kind of like in, that he thought, in oh, all circumstances. No deal, so clearly I think now in media, like actually just having your public persona, um, it's been called out a bunch. Uh, a lot of people have been called out for things they've said publicly. And definitely that should start going down. But unfortunately, I think privately a lot of this stuff is still being said so if two people are kind of talking and something gets said obviously someone is is saying something like hey that's fucked up what you said you shouldn't say that and in this circumstance because he was where he was his team agreed riot agreed that yeah that's fucked up you shouldn't say that and it's kind of being punished now which i think is actually kind of a good thing No, yeah, and I mean, obviously, these kind of remarks being made are shitty, but no, that the repercussions are swift, and I mean, the this was this was from the games on Saturday, and he was fired last night or this morning, so they're quick, they're not even thinking about, like, oh, we're not going to think about this, like, this is not okay in any standards, and they're gone. And I mean, it's too bad James couldn't make it for this uh, topic, because when I share this news story um, in the Slack channel, he's like, oh, I'm not really surprised, like, apparently... um. Loco Doco 
is what his like kind of uh, nickname is. He's just known for kind of his lack of filter. I mean, he was a good player, but he's just kind of yeah. Known we for talked about this last week in regards just saying to the Overwatch League, clearly, but yeah, these players um, and just they just need to learn. Well, I mean, I think um, in this circumstance, he wasn't okay, a player. He was hired on his um, uh, staff, wasn't he? Be stopped right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, like he he was a former player though. But what I'm getting at is like all these people need to just like learn how to like conduct themselves in public because it it still just baffles me how like no one knows how to present themselves like yeah he was the head coach at all like whenever they're in front of anybody Yeah, like everyone in esports needs like a personal branding 101 kind of seminar here. Like, don't say stupid shit on camera. Like, be a good person. Like, I mean, it's all very basic stuff to people like you and me, apparently, but the culture and kind so of. So, let this be just like a call out to any team out there. If you want me to come down for a week and, and hang out with a player, to, I, I will mean, just like, like sit kind of like off to the side and just spray them with a water bottle every time they just say anything. And, and that will be fine. They will be fine after that. Like, it's not really that hard. As soon as you like start getting, the, getting these players to realize what they're doing, I guarantee it'll just stop. You just need somebody to just like actually just like sit down with them and be like, listen. This stuff will get you fired. Please don't do that. Please don't say stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think there's really too much more we can say on the topic. Like, I'm definitely agreeing with everything you're saying. Like, it's just going to take time. Like I said before, it's still a very young kind of industry. Like a lot of this is common sense, but even common sense takes forever to get through anything, rather it's a business, rather it's culture as a whole. It just takes longer than it should to become reality, even though it is common sense. So these firings, these comments are going to keep happening for probably the next couple of years, but I really do believe that there will be a point one day where it's like, okay, like this kind of stuff is gone for the most part. All right, I mean, so I'm super hyped perfect, about this. Um, I haven't been playing have Dota very much recently, but I'm an avid fan of Dota and what they do. Um, yeah, and they just had their big spring cleaning up, patch. So the way the Dota, Dota works is they do have your normal balance patches uh, throughout the year, but it's basically like two to three times a year. They have these like big patches, like... Usually they're so big, they give them like a nice little fun name to them too. Uh, so this one is a spring cleaning patch. And it is jam-packed with tons and tons of giant quality of life updates that I think are amazing. So first off, they're changing the player profiles around, which I absolutely love because visual visually, I always really liked uh, Dota, like the menus a lot more than League. Because I know, like, with, with League, uh, the whole Adobe Air thing was was the big meme for the long time. But they, they eventually updated, and, and League actually looks really good right now. I, I like the UI League has for uh, their client. I think it looks good. But Dota has always just been really good and really on top of it. And now it's, like, out of control. Like, with the player profile, it gives you, like, such a good breakdown of, like, like what you play, who your best characters are. Like, the type of characters, like, they have, like, 
graphs and stuff in there. They just have tons of stuff in there. And on top of that, it just visually looks really good. And the other big ones that I really like, so this is a giant, giant list. I'm not gonna go through all of them. Um, you can just like search spring cleaning Dota to see the gigantic list of all of them. But the ones that I'm super, super excited about is the last hit trainer. I think that's something that's just so integral to MOBAs that it makes sense that there's like a little tiny game mode that can help you out with that. Um, they have this really cool item pooling at the beginning of the game. So like the way Dota works is like the game will start and sometimes a character's role is to just buy things and give it to other people. So it's, it's definitely different. So, um, I don't know how familiar you are with Dota, but there's this uh, thing in the game called the Courier. So at the beginning of the game, someone buys the Courier, and its its job is basically it. Whenever someone buys an item, you can buy items anywhere in the game, uh, wherever your character is. So you buy an item, um, and then it gets put kind of like into it, it. It gets put in the main base, so you don't get it immediately. It gets put in the base, but there's a Courier that you could put the items in and the courier will come and bring it to you and you can get your items so when you're in lane. So you don't always have the back. Um, and so usually it's the support's role. So the support will use their um, begin beginning money to just buy the courier. And so what they did now is they have like this shared inventory thing that you put the items that you buy into and you can kind of distribute it amongst people. So um the health potion equivalent in the game sort of it, not really but sort of is called tangos um and then wards so you so like say the support will buy the courier then they'll buy tangos and wards and you could put them in this pool and when you do that the uh, like your teammates will distribute it to each other to see like oh well we'll get this many to him because he's soloing or you know they're running a tri lane so they don't really need that much we'll give it to the the solo player it's just a nice low quality of life update that I think is really cool and really interesting. Then they improved the matchmaking so much by doing language-based matchmaking. So now, like, if you speak English, you're going to get matched with English speakers. If you're from Brazil, you're going to get people matched up um, that speak Portuguese. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, Portuguese. Um, if you live in France, you get matched up with people that speak French. I think that's super great because talking in MOBAs is super important. And the last one I want to talk about is the six-month matchmaking bans. This is so great. If you report someone and they get a bunch of reports because they're obviously toxic, automatic six-month ban. No matchmaking for them. Super good to make it not toxic anymore. So I just like just spit updates at you. It's way bigger. But is there any one of those that kind of interested to you? No, I mean, so first off, I mean, I guess I didn't realize how complicated Dota is. I mean, talking about couriers and stuff kind of like that, like, I've, I've never played a game of Dota, and I really should at least go and try it. I mean, it's not that I have the dying hate towards it that some, like, league players have and stuff like that. I just haven't got around to trying it. So that's this kind of makes me want to at least try it, because it sounds like a totally different MOBA, totally different game, and obviously it is. That's why so many people are diehard about it. But, I mean, I'm kind of blown away that the matchmaking thing wasn't already kind of established like so before you could just get matched up with anyone like I guess in league 
I never thought that was really a possibility. So I guess that's a huge quality of life thing. Like if you can't communicate with your teammates every um, game, like that's a big problem, obviously. And that is a huge kind of plus. And, um, and then just the toxic, uh, the toxic uh, uh, reports is always big. I mean, video games are toxic. I mean, I say this, I feel like every podcast now I kind of bring a point back to this, like, um, that's not going away anytime soon. And having a successful system in place to kind of stop that and push people back. I mean, obviously those people are probably just going to make a new account because yeah. And I, these are all just like perfect updates because like you were saying, like Dota is like, I wouldn't say it's harder than Harder is not the correct word. More complicated is definitely the word I would use. And at first, to be honest, sometimes Dota feels unnecessarily complicated but like with all their really big patches they give like perfect quality of life updates to those things that are really complicated and like kind of don't make sense so um the, the one thing i always like bring up whenever someone's like talking about dota and if it's different than league how complicated you could like they have like the whole like last hitting your own minions thing to deny gold and xp like yeah so you can just last hit your own minions so they can't get the gold or the xp wait i'm pretty wait i'm pretty sure it's xp i'm not 100 sure i think xp is still radius but see that's like a thing like i don't even know i forget that and it's just like something super integral to the game um but they have like a bunch of those little tiny things that like in the grand scheme of things they all add up to something really big but they're just really small and weird and complicated so i'm glad they're adding little things like this so Another thing on top of that is you can buy back in the game. So you know how like late into the game, the respawn timer gets higher? Well, in Dota, you can use the gold that you have to buy back immediately. Yeah, it's expensive. And obviously you're kind of capping yourself because you can't buy items. Items are super important. But yeah, in certain scenarios, it's, it's giant if you can buy back. And there's really? like a buyback timer too, so it's not like you can just keep buying back over and over. Like, you can only do it at a, like. But in certain scenarios, kind of save you should have that point. five v five. And yeah. they added a little update that you know makes it more apparent how long the buyback timer is, and like a bigger notification so you know who bought back when and how much time they still have and and all that. Um, so yeah, I'm just I always get so excited whenever they patch Dota because they always add these little tiny things that are like, hey, remember that super complicated thing that made kind of no sense sometimes? Well, here's something that kind of helps with it. And I think overall, it's just really healthy for the community. So unfortunately, I always feel like Dota is like the minor League of Legends. Like it, it's it's the, the player base is smaller. I mean, TI obviously is, is giant. It is like the biggest prize pool ever, but... Everything besides that feels like just smaller than League. That's the only thing it has going for it, really. Um, and even then, like, Worlds is it's close. It's not like it's beating out by a giant amount. It's close. So I just think whenever they add little things like this and just make Dota a lot more appealing, it makes Dota a lot more competitive within League. Now, we, we, we can have, like, a totally separate episode of me just, like, ranting about Dota and, like, I think the two communities are two different communities and they're two different MOBAs for two different types of people. But like, regardless, it's a good competition to league. 
I think if they add these things, they make uh, like little features to the game that are really cool and really awesome. Lee can look at it and go, oh, that's something that's really good. Maybe we'll put that in our game or vice versa. Maybe League puts out a feature and that's really cool and Dota's like, oh, that's interesting. And both games kind of build up off of each other. Yeah, I mean... I, I like that. I mean, this is kind of just kind of uh, bullshit off the top of my head, but I really like the idea of that Dota podcast. Maybe, I mean, I'm going to talk to James about this, but I think me and James should both kind of sit down and play like a good handful of games of Dota because I don't think he has much Dota experience either. And then we do come back and have that big League of Legends versus Dota talk. And we're not trying to decide which game is going to be better forever and ever, but like, what are the strengths? What are the benefits? Like, what could Dota take from League? What could League take from Dota? Like, I like that idea because it is such a big, big topic in esports. And especially if you play League or Dota, it's an either bigger topic because everyone's always talking about the other one. So I think it'd be really cool to actually kind of go back because, I mean, my mouth has been open. Like, when you're talking about some of the stuff, I'm just like, this is crazy, like, to me. Because that's not how I think of a MOBA. So I'd really love to go give Dota a solid, like, unbiased try. And come back and talk about it one day. Because I think that would be a really fun episode. Because, I mean, you have me and James that are the big League guys. And then you yeah, are definitely and I always a much bigger find Dota it guy. That whenever so someone from League plays Dota or someone from Dota plays League, there's always something that someone gets from it. So a lot of times Dota people will, will try out League or whatever. And they'll go, oh, wow, this game is, like, incredibly easy to get into. And it's just, like, it just ramps you up. And it's and it's and it's awesome. And it's great, and it's like I said, super easy to get into. And then someone from League goes over to Dylan, and they go, "There's so much little tiny things in this game. This is incredible. This is crazy. Oh, I love the courier. The courier is sick. Like that's the number one thing. Everyone loves the courier. Like, because the idea that you can just stay in lane as long as you possibly can. Because like, the the whole big thing in like when you're laning is like you got to go back for items, and so timing that is like kind of interesting. But it gets more interesting of where you're you're trying to just fight the other person out and your items just come right to you. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm definitely interested in sitting down and trying Dota Bees. Yeah, I mean to a league person like that's crazy like oh my god like i can just stay in lane and uh keep like leveling up and getting my items and stuff like so I, i'm curious about trying that so yeah i definitely like that idea and i'll talk to james about it and see if i can kind of get him on board too or maybe that's just a discussion you and me have one day um and we kind of yeah, really dive into for sure because yeah i i've i've heard a lot of league players talk good about dota 2 and it's not everyone hates the other one like you're saying there is something to learn from the other one so I think that's kind of a future podcast down the road, but something that I definitely am taking seriously. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's kind of a good point to kind of end up there. I mean, obviously, Dota's not going anywhere. We'll keep talking about it. We're going to have that big podcast on it one day. So I think we switch over to our last topic. I know we're already we're only at 20 minutes on our last topic, but it's just kind of been a slow week. I mean, there's a bunch of competitions and stuff kind of like that, but for the news that we kind of focus on, there hasn't been much. But, um... So last one is just a, kind of a brief article, and we'll kind of go on to more talking points in it. But it's just that Japan's three like 
official air quotes um, esports associations have finally merged into a single one. Um, so there used to be the East, the Japan Esports Association, the Esports Promotion Organization, and the Japan Esports Federation. And they're just finally kind of merging in. I don't see a uh, name. I don't think they've quite decided what the official name of the new one's going to be. But I guess it's just kind of the talking point that, like, w- the USA doesn't have any kind of major esports association. Like, we don't have a big overarching one. Like, We've talked about the NCAA getting involved, and obviously we have the companies that pretty much run their individual league, but we don't have like an overarching one that kind of monitors all esports. So I guess maybe we just kind of talk about the kind of positives and uh, negatives. So I of think one of the big topics or, we can uh, talk about is that Japan is that severely kind of I mean, lacking the in the esports scene. Articles just kind of so, article, like, oh, um, I think they mentioned it in the article, but they talk about how like Japan is like a culture that's really big on games, like super big on games there, like the arcades and all that. But like the competitive scene is just super lacking, and that's I think personally I think that's extremely interesting, and I really want to know why. Um, I know recently. Um, the fighting yeah. oh, game yeah. scene has been picking up a lot there. Um, I know in the arcades and stuff, like f- like fighting games are super big, but um, Evo actually just opened up a second tournament called Evo Japan, where it's just Evo in Japan. Um, the lineup is slightly different. So Evo in America is... Street Fighter is usually the main event, um, but also Smash has been extremely big at there. Now, vice versa, the bigger games um, at EVO Japan are your anime fighters and Street Fighter. And there is Smash there, but it's definitely smaller because the Smash Japanese scene, I don't think, is anywhere as big as the American scene right now. But regardless, uh, the fighting game scene is starting to get a lot better there. But unfortunately, all the other esports are severely lacking. Yeah, like, now that you mentioned that, yeah, like, there's no Japan, like, LCS, or, like, there's no, I mean, I don't know of any Japan teams for any of the major esports, now that you kind of talk about it, I mean, there's no representation, and, I mean, obviously, I'm biased, I only watch a couple of the big ones, but, like, the Overwatch League, the NLCS, like, obviously, fine, the LCS as a whole, there's no representation from Japan in those, and, I mean, they have Sony and Nintendo. Like, they have some of the biggest gaming companies in the world based in Japan. And the idea that everything video games isn't number one in Japan is kind of crazy to me. Because that's where everything kind of comes from. Um, and then just kind of a passing note. Uh, the Japan Esports Union is what the three companies as a whole um, together are. But, yeah. And I think Evil Japan, you're kind of talking about, like... I'm glad that it's over there. I'm surprised it took so long. Um, but I guess I've never been to Japan. I don't know what that kind of culture is to why it's not as big over there. I mean, do they just not take it seriously? 
you think like India uh, so I'm gonna speculate a little bit um, definitely not knowing like, and just making a lot of assumptions right now but um, like I think the big thing, thing in Japan like in is in arcades were Europe. super super like, big do you think it's like um, and too, console gaming was super big, big but I don't think competitive PC games yeah. were big and if you look at all the esports that got super super big it for the most part has been competitive computer games now you did have like really big uh halo and call of duty tournaments but they weren't as culturally impactful in esports as your starcrafts your league of legends your dotas now i can definitely see because if you look at china and korea pc gaming is way bigger there so i think that might be the distinction is just it's more console gaming and even at that it's not really as many competitive console games i think like i said that's just an assumption and that could also be why the only esport that's super big is the fighting game scene there because fighting games up until like just super recently have been an arcade thing so areas with big arcade scenes were your areas that had big uh, fighting game scenes. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I don't have any speculation outside of what you kind of had there, but I think that's a good point. I mean, yeah. Like I was saying, Sony and Nintendo are based there. Like, obviously, that's why those esports are bigger over there. But I guess outside of that, I've never been there. I don't know the culture much. And anything I'd be saying is just kind of being made up on the spot speculation. So I don't want to throw anything out there. I mean, maybe this is something we can kind of come back to next week and talk about if we find a couple of good talking points. But it, it is kind of crazy that, I mean, it's good to see that these organizations are coming up, that they're becoming unified, and they're really figuring this out now. And hopefully this helps it kind of become bigger in the future. But just the fact that it's not established already. And I hope to see it becomes more established. I'd love to see um, in an uh, extension of the Overwatch League, a Japan team or something kind of like that. Like, obviously, as a fan of esports, you want every country to kind of get involved, get behind it. So I guess kind yeah, of talking sure. from what I want to see is I want to see that scene in Japan. I'm actually really interested to, to see, like... In the Korea culmination of like, or anything like that. so like what Don't everyone time, was course, good in in esports has basically been because of like cultural reasons. So like kind of Korea was like the, the StarCraft country so, because they had PC bongs and everyone in the PC bongs played guess, StarCraft. And that's why they were so good there as opposed to in America where you didn't have that kind of culture and it was mostly like console gaming. That's why like console first person shooters were our thing. So I think it's really interesting that because we're shifting to something that's more connected just because the internet and all that and kind of like a giant shared culture of video games i think you're going to start seeing that go down a little bit and we're going to kind of get homogenized a little bit with our gaming cultures and are going to be a lot more similar and then you're going to see like oh there isn't really uh you know korea might not be as dominant anymore because like everyone's playing pc games right now and everyone's being competitive with them so I'm actually kind of interested to see if that shift will happen. Yeah, and I mean, I guess kind of touching back on the culture point, like 
it's not exactly esports related, but Japan's always been very stoked <laughs> in their ways and always kind of behind on everything. Like, um, so when the Xbox One X was released in Japan, only four of them in the entire country sold during the opening week. <laughs> like, it's just kind of a fun fact that I heard on another podcast earlier. So if it's wrong, do not yell at me. Um, but just the idea that obviously they're a big Sony one. I mean, Sony's based there. Sony and Nintendo do very well. But four consoles in an entire country. Like, that's crazy to me. I mean, despite, I mean, obviously the Xbox One X isn't as, I'm just Xbox as a whole isn't doing as great as PlayStation. But just Japan's never been one to change quickly and adapt new things. So that's definitely something just a part of the culture that needs to be changed, obviously. And it doesn't have to be changed, but in order for esports to ever get bigger, it'll need to. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that's all. No, I, really I have think it for, was uh, a it was a short but sweet Japan. episode. Um, I definitely think we have a lot of points that we can go back and touch upon. Um, definitely want to talk about like kind of a good the different cultural cultural like aspects of esports and gaming. I really would like to bring in some other people to have a conversation about that because I think it's super interesting and obviously always down to talk about Dota. So. I, I think we talked about a, a lot of things on this episode that we can definitely revisit and go a lot more in depth to. Yeah. I, I think we talked about a, a lot of things on this episode that we can definitely revisit and go a lot more in depth to. Yeah. And I, yeah, I definitely think, yeah, it was good to keep the cycle going. Of course, you want to get this out every week. And like I said, Super Bowl Sunday, things going on. It's a slow week, so... Yeah, yeah I so if think anyone this wants really to go ahead and follow me on Twitter, I'm at Beal4Real, uh, that's kind of the four. Upcoming bigger uh, feel free podcasts. to follow so, yeah, me, shoot me a DM or anything and, uh, if you want to talk about sports. I'll let you do your little sign-off, and then it. I'll kind of wrap up the episode, and we can uh, take off early this week. Yeah, so if anyone wants to go ahead and follow me on Twitter, I'm at Beal4Real, that's the number four. Uh, feel free to follow me, shoot me a DM or anything if you want to talk sports. I'm always down to talk about it. Yeah, and then I am Nims41, N-I-M-Z-4-1 on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I've started streaming a lot on Twitch. I've kind of been bringing Yeah, and don't forget to subscribe weeks, so. or follow. Just Even just sharing with someone really helps out us out me, so much. Me, um, and we anything. post an episode so, every Monday, um, so always, just in time so for the start of the week. That does this for this and uh, uh, I guess that does it with us, so I'm Dylan. Thank you all so much for listening. And I'm Andrew. See you guys later.